You're tuned in to Cowell Fans, a popped-off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first Brandon studio in Tampa, Florida. I'm your host, Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we are jumping right into a slightly delayed sorry episode. <laughs> what do you mean? This is, what do you mean delayed? It's Monday morning and we're recording this for the first time. Yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> It's late. Yesterday, our hard drive failed. So, we're doing it again! Yay! Hopefully it's up by the afternoon today. Um, so, where we're starting at is not the homestand event that we just witnessed. Mm -hmm. No, because prior to the homestand event that we just witnessed, the Overwatch League released their 2020 schedule, including homestand locations for nearly every game. Finally. Yeah, nearly. One one random homestand just... TBA. TBA. But otherwise, the other, I don't even know how many. There's 20, like... There's 52 homestand so, events. Just, okay, so the other 51 homestands, that's a lot of homestands, have been announced. In their date. They have dates. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. It's true. It's exciting. It's really exciting. So, so the, the only reason we're really talking about this is uh, because... This is going to be the probably the last piece of Florida news we get as the regular season wraps up until Maybe. well into the off season. Bearhands tweeted something a little vague this morning, yeah, as well. if as if he was teasing a little something. So we'll see. But as far That's what happens as, as far as we're expecting, Tuesdays, exactly, we get all the info. They're gonna it's gonna come out on Wednesday. Of course it is. But still. <laughs> we we have our homestand dates, and this might be the last bit of Florida news we get. For a, for a minute until right. playoffs are over. There might be some more, um, but this this is the last thing you should really be expecting for the next month or so. Yeah, five weeks of playoffs and, and plus grand finals. Yeah. So, all right, well, so Florida's announced one homestand in Miami and one homestand in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And these homestands are on which dates? Um, the Miami homestand will be first. It'll be March 14th to the 15th, and then in Orlando, it'll be May 16th to the 17th. Awesome, awesome. Um, also worth noting, um, you broke down the schedule, and you found something interesting about broadcasting. Yes, but I'm not sure what you're alluding to. So I broke you, down a lot of things about the schedule. <laughs> you found something interesting about the fact that we oh, expected yes. broadcasts to be running simultaneously. Yes, we expected a lot of simulcasts, but I went ahead and I converted everything into EST. Um, now there's some tools that you cannot spend 15 hours doing this, but I spent 15 hours doing this and creating a schedule that was not an unreadable 12-page PDF and was a nice, pretty Excel sheet. Oh, man, that PDF was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was good-looking, but not good Helpful. for quickly grabbing information. Um, so I was looking at it and there's no simulcasting. There's either a break between the first set of the first home stance games and the second home stance games or it's scheduled perfectly so that it should seamlessly transition into the next home stand. So now right as things stand currently an Overwatch League match is an hour and 45 minutes. When we go to the homestand schedule, it's going to be two hours between matches. I guess the maybe schedule better for map fives. Maybe. Um, or they could be adding in an actual half better halftime bits. Maybe we have a desk. Maybe we have a desk back. Maybe, maybe we have a desk. We have a post game, post match I don't know. desk segment. We'll have to see. For 
analyst segment because they're not really at a desk. They're Only sitting in chairs tell. or standing in front of a wall. But anyway, <laughs> um, matches are going to be longer, and so it's every two hours. I guess that also makes it a little more sensical with scheduling. You know, okay, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, not right. 10, 11.45, and then things get weird. Right. Um, and then if another homestand happens, it'll be two hours at the earliest after a game starts, or the, the last game starts at the last homestand. So it's, it should be a seamless schedule. It seems really genius. Like they did it really, really well. And another nice thing for us homies in the um, Atlantic South division, mm. we don't travel very much. So we're always going to have good broadcast times. The China and like Seoul times are absolutely brutal, like Oof. 3 a.m., 5 a.m. Um, but we never have to experience that. Like the worst we get, I think, is a 7 a.m. game in Paris, and that's just like one weekend. You have to suffer for that. Mm. Otherwise, like the earliest games start maybe at, I think there's a San Francisco game at 10. So, so there's no there's no place where that the Pacific those are mostly Pacific North teams yeah. are hosting the Atlantic South or the Pacific yet the Pacific East never hosts the Atlantic South. Oh my gosh! So we host the Pacific East. Oh, so, so that worked out well for us this year. Yeah, yeah. The Atlantic North have to go from Boston to Guangzhou in like a, a four day period. Yikes. That that's gonna be fun for them. I don't. Envy having to travel 24 plus hours and then be ready to scrim and then play in a yeah. few days. But we don't have to worry about that. We just go to Paris for a weekend. It'll probably feel like a little vacation for our players <laughs> and then they'll come back and we'll do the rest of the season here. Yeah. All right. So good stuff. Now we're going to jump into the homestand. Mm -hmm. LA Valiant hosted their rivalry weekend and it looked like a blast. It looked really super good. fun. There was so many like extra things going on there. Yeah. Um, the dunk. I mean, the dunk tags were cool on broadcast, but there were so many like neat little things just for fans attending the event. It seemed like it was. It would have been really awesome to like actually be there. Yeah, I saw a lot more. Now I don't know. Maybe this was because I was at Atlanta that I didn't see as much of the social media interaction. But I saw a lot more social media interaction for this homestand than I did for the Atlanta homestand. Do you feel the same? Yes, and I feel like part of that is Valiant was being very interactive on social media. I mean, they've been promoting it. They were promoting this harder than the Atlanta Rain Homestand right. before the Atlanta Rain Homestand happened, right? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of there was a lot of interaction, and they they Valiant in general have a very good social media team. Um, they have yeah. those cool like Valiant segments. Like they even had they have their really popular segment with Kareem and Agilities doing gamer snacks. Yeah. And they've got their custom news network, which everyone yeah. loves too. But now, like even at the event, they were serving gamer snacks. So like things that they had made on the show, you could get at the venue. Yeah. So like there were all like sorts of fun things like that, right? And it, there was a lot to show off. I feel like um, from a not just a Valiant perspective, but from an Overwatch League perspective as well, because. Um, other, I, I read someone who said this. I don't remember who. I'm going to go ahead and credit Goopy Noopy, but I don't remember who it was. Um, but they basically said, like, the Dallas homestand was, I 
no one mentions the Atlanta homestand. You're like the sure. ugly stepchild of the homestands of this year. Well, but there's the Dallas homestand, which was like the really impressive, like, wow, this is what homestands could be, where Valiant was maybe a good expectation of what they will be mm. next year. So, I, and I think you'll honestly probably see a mixture of the two, but I'm hoping like these sort of fun I mean, events, they're like kind of setting the standard yeah. for that. Yeah, Dallas set the standard for what a giant homestand would be, I think. Yeah. Um, Valiant set the standard for what a great, not-so-giant homestand would be. Mm -hmm. um, but I think probably most teams won't live up to either of those expectations. I think the places, probably. you know, I imagine our giant Miami venue will not be as full as the Dallas venue was. Probably not. You know, I imagine our smaller Orlando venue will not be as interactive, probably, as the Valiant event was mm -hmm. but that doesn't change the fact that there's these are good standards to hold everybody to yeah you know and and while we may like that we seem to have a good edge in um, our player interaction for watch parties and things always seem to go better than other teams kinds of those kinds of events yeah so I every mean, team already... I think is really finding their strengths and where they're gonna fit into this puzzle and activate their activate with their fans. Mm -hmm. it should be really really interesting to see all the different homestands I'm really looking forward to it yeah so, but. but the big story at the homestand is that the L.A. Valiant failed. Failed. <laughs> yep. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. So the L.A. Valiant lost <clears throat> both games against the Los Angeles Gladiators and against the San Francisco Shock. So they are no longer with us in the playoffs. Yep. They're also the first team to lose at their homestand. Yes. But this is also, as far as matches go, the most exciting homestand. Um, outside, like, a Guangzhou charge upset in, at the Atlanta homestand, right. like, it's mostly been Stomp Stomp City as far as homestands have gone. The Like, the energy's been cool. But this is the first one where we got some games. It's true. We got some um, nice games, too. Both Titans games were super dope. And we didn't think the Titans versus New York was going to be fun. We, we, we yeah, we did it. Yep, we were, was we a were. Blast. I even said on Twitter, I was expecting Boston versus New York was going to be more fun to see who was a bigger train wreck. But New York finally decided to live up to expectations. They played Flower, and Flower finally seems like it's giving this team the bite they've been missing this whole season. Like New York was always like a dual threat. You kind of had like the team playing a defensive style around Jonak, and then you had Sabiel B or Pine just absolutely harassing the heck out of you. And the second you go to deal with Pine or Sabiel B, Jonak killed you or vice versa. Now Nene has just felt like a disappointment all season. I'm ready to say that. I wasn't ready to say it in stage one. Now that we're here, like his decision making is consistently bad, even up until this weekend on the maps he did play, he played control. Um, I didn't like his decision making. He would often ult at bad times or decide to hold ults at bad times. That cost his team points. Where Flower is just aggressive. He's popping off and you have to deal with him and that lets the rest of his team give them the extra space to really show what they're made of. Yeah. So it felt like it gave them that extra edge. Titans said they didn't practice. I don't know if that's just BM or what was going on right. there. Um, but it does seem like we should at least have a semi-competitive New York for the playoffs, which is very good. So hopefully they'll stay with the new meta, but that was fun. And then we had the Valiant games too. Right. Um, Excellent games, both of them. Yeah, really. the, the Gladiators Valiant one was definitely the better one. Um, they kind of got just rolled over by the shock. That's true. That's true. 
They really did. But the Gladiators Valiant one was really close. And honestly, it felt like Valiant were better than Gladiators, but Surefour was better than the Valiant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Surefour popped. Surefour pulled a Cory. <laughs> he really did. He, he just pulled a Cory. He said, I'm going to play so good and get, get those picks, those quick one-shot yep. hits on people, on their approach, every time you're never going to get a 66. And, and it worked. Yeah, and that's one of the big things about this meta, right? You have this carry position, finally. Now that we're back in a 2-2-2 meta, we have a carry DPS position. The May doesn't really get to do it, so it falls on the back of your your Hanzo player or your, like, the Hanzo Widow Hanzo Reaper. Widow Reaper. Yeah, whoever that player is, um, really gets to do the hard carrying. And Valiant doesn't have that in KSF. Their hard carry is agilities, and he only gets to do that on, like, control when he gets to play Farah or some random assault yeah, maps. Yeah, agilities can only really carry on his Farah and on his Genji. Those are his strong suits. Yeah. Those are the ones that make agilities shine. Mm -hmm. And so without those in the meta right now, yeah. Or, like, a Junkrat on Temple of Anubis or something like that. But, like, he just... May isn't a carry hero mm -hmm. so much. She's very good. And she, a good May will make your team much better. But if there's a Hanzo popping off, you'll never get the chance to do good May stuff. No. Because your whole team will just already be dead around you before you're close enough to start left-clicking. Yep. So, so. unfortunate, unlucky. Um, That's how it is sometimes. Yeah, just how it do. So, so that's how that is. And now we're here. We're coming into the play-ins uh -huh. and the playoffs immediately thereafter. So this is important. Here's how this is going to work. So the play-ins are going to be single elimination. Yep. Reseeded bracket. Mm -hmm. So it's really only two rounds of play-ins. Yeah, and, and it's just like... for the like... second round, they're getting reseeded just like in the stage, mm -hmm. stage playoffs. Then for playoffs, playoffs is a double elimination. Yes. Tournament bracket. It's not getting reseeded. Mm-hmm. There's a winners and a losers bracket, and they're all going to go all the way up to find, to go to the grand finals. Yes. So, these brackets are not being run the same. Um, the schedule on the app is very hard to read because most of it's question marks, and they've divided the games up very strangely on the app. I'm not convinced that that's accurate right now. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty decent on the website. I was looking okay. at it yesterday. But. Good. So. Um, but a lot of question marks for sure, because we don't know how it's going to go down yet. A lot of it because this play-in tournament needs to happen. Right. So the play-in tournament fills in the last um, two, two slots. slots for the playoffs bracket, and then after that first game of play, first round of playoffs brackets, we don't know who's going to be in any of the other games until those games are over. So we're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. It's gonna be a blast. But first, we have to talk about the play-in tournament. Yes, so, sir. Howler has brought in hashtag playoff plates. Heck yes. That's right, people. We got some playoff plates. I'll give you this one. So here you can see we're not we're not as um, rich as the multi-million dollar Overwatch League, so we don't have a whiteboard. But we do have paper plates and cutouts of teams it's true. held to a drumstick by scotch tape. I love drumsticks. They're my favorite part of the chicken. <laughs> so here we've got our first two matches that are going to be taking place. So these are our lower-seeded teams. So they're on, they're below us right now. We'll get them later. <laughs> but we have the London Spitfire and the Seoul Dynasty have received a bye. So they get to play the victors of the first two rounds of matches. And then there's no finals in the play-ins tournament. It's just once there's two, te two top teams, 
they get to progress. That's it. That's it. And then they just kind of do the higher-seeded team plays against New York, the lower-seeded team plays against Vancouver. So I guess we'll talk about Guangzhou versus Chengdu first. Um, looking at this... Good job, graphics team. <laughs> seems pretty straightforward, right? Um, charge look red hot. Chengdu, Not so always much. a question mark. But outside their like 4-0 against New York, they've looked fairly weaker in this meta, particularly compared to old ones. Right. Um, I mean, Among, Ameng, Among, Aiming, is murmur, murmur, murmur. <laughs> is Yana still Chad. trying to play Wrecking Ball into Maze. If you've ever played Wrecking Ball into a May, it don't work. It don't work. I roll out of spawn on Wrecking Ball, I see a May, I roll back. Mm -hmm. It ain't worth it. And just he's just getting frozen all the time and dying. Um, apparently, he's supposed to have an Orisa too, so I don't know why he doesn't play it as much. But that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Um, one of the nice things, since we've done this podcast, is Poco has complained about the meta online, oh. vocally. But that's given us some insight to what the meta is going to look like. Sure, because they're already scrimming. They're getting ready. Yeah, so the teams are starting to scrim, and it looks like we're entering a wall meta. Mm. Poco has definitely confirmed that the tank duo that seems to be most prominent is Orisa Sigma. That's what we can expect. So expect main tanks to still be playing Orisa. Expect off tanks to be picking up the Sigma. Mm. Now, Guangzhou Charge... They got my boy Hoppa. Hoppa picks up the things. He picks up heroes very well. And very fast. So I feel really good about him being the, being able to pick up the Sigma. And then I'm not even worried about Chengdu trying to pick it up because they were never going to play the meta anyway. Right. So, and then it, I'm expecting a Symmetra for sure. It also sounds like, Poco never outright said it, but it sounds like we're still going to have Mei. So double shields, Symmetra wall. Maywall, calling this a wall meta. Oh my gosh, there's no carry potential here. <laughs> it's just going to be shooting shields. Hope you enjoy shield shooting in the playoffs. You might see Bastions <laughs> or Hanzos, especially Hanzos on like more open maps. I think they could, because they could like maybe set up a flank. Right. Maybe, even though Sigma could just move his shield to block it. But I, I think that's about the best you could hope for. Oh, Otherwise, man. it's probably just going to be, especially on tighter points. Let's call Guangzhou so I could talk about what I want to talk about with Shanghai then, because Shanghai I feel okay. like has the best chance of upsetting okay. this meta. So let's just say we, we all believe Guangzhou is going to win. Chengdu maybe have some weird chance. This is definitely... Chengdu does better early in metas. Like, right. Um, dragons are sort of the same way in that when the meta's less figured out, and teams are less practiced at it, they're more likely to take upset wins mm. versus when teams get better at the meta, they can just start to roll over what Chengdu throw at them. And there's also more tape to how Chengdu are playing against this meta so they know how to better counter it. Sure. But now looking at the other match, we got the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Shanghai Dragons. Um, Shanghai Dragons have had a very disappointing stage four. Philadelphia Fusion, I mean, they made the play in tournaments, but they've been pretty lukewarm. Uh, right, and so um, when we talked about this yesterday, mm -hmm. I wanted to put the edge right into the Fusion's hands. Mm -hmm. um, Me too. But I don't want to do that anymore. No? No. 
Okay. Because, you know, we were also talking, when we talked about this, I said, you know, Shanghai has ding this amazing Farah and, and this amazing Sombra. And I really think that EMP has this ability to unlock things, especially giant sets of walls. That's what it does. It turns them all off. Yes. Da down they go, away they go, shut down. Take it back, no wall for you. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think this is a huge chance right now for Shanghai to do a counter meta, which is really what they did in stage three. Mm -hmm. And they pioneered the counter meta of stage three. The counter goats is really what I, was, what I would consider it where they did their triple DPS lineup, and they ran that, right? And they looked good in stage one, it looked good in stage two, but they didn't look really good until they pioneered their own meta. And I could see, with something like this happening, and the way this is set up to be, that means there's no carry potential on the other team. Yeah. So if you can get that, if you can pioneer a counter meta again, which I believe that they could, mm -hmm. especially with a Sombra, with, their, with Ding on their team, I could see them going, we're gonna have this, we're gonna unlock them. We're gonna have DM be our carry because DM's a good carry, and we're gonna we're gonna purposefully have an anti yeah. wall. It could work. I think one of the big problems is if you want to do a um, a carry meta, I could really see the counter meta end up being Far Sombra. Sure. In which you need to multiply Ding, because DM Sombra is not good. No, no, Ding needs to be your Sombra for that. You right? Then who's gonna play your Farah? That's that's that's. Good... <laughs> you need ding again. <laughs> the problem with the Shanghai Dragons is they don't have enough ding. <laughs> <sighs> sure, I guess. I I don't know. I could see you unlocking it with a Sombra and Hanzo. I think you're right. If a counter meta does actually come through, mm -hmm. like throughout the course of the playoffs, it'll wind up being Sombra Fara. But with yeah. this being so early in this meta and people having not figured it out and having time to perfect it, right now Shanghai has this chance to go. We're gonna go ahead and pioneer it, yep. and we're gonna use a Hanzo or something instead. And, yeah, because that does do shield pressure, and then you could quickly burn down the tanks after the EMP. Plus, the dragons go through the shields. Yep. Although there's so much, you just there's probably going to be Baptistes on the field. You just throw it down immortality field. You throw up a May Wall, a Sigma Shield, and a Risha Shield, and a Simul, and then no one can even touch it. Right. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> Goats has really hit us harder than we ever realized. I'm just the the way it's changed the <laughs> philosophy of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's that's just something we're gonna sort of have to live with. I think honestly, if we had continued without the, there's a real chance if we had continued without the two 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 lock, that those triple DPS metas and those goats I, eliminations I, would have made. They a probably difference. would have still stayed, um, and I think there's there's still time for like tuning. Yeah. Um, a lot of heroes like Reaper, like these these anti tank heroes, are still pretty overtuned. Yes. Um, they can definitely be toned down so that tanks can better control space. Um, but so if we we're don't in a wall need meta, to rely on shield, shield, walls, freezes. Just because we don't need to rely on those doesn't mean taking away the pressure on those is going to take those away. Yeah. So we need to figure a way to pressure shields without pressuring tanks. Sim is probably the reason, uh, the, a good example of that happening right now. Yeah, which is why Sim's coming in. Sim is a counter. So it's the hardest counter against shields. Right. So that's why Sim's going to be coming in. It's just a little unfortunate that she doesn't make for 
the most exciting gameplay. No. Just kind of being Which, that's a little off, That's a little off topic. But, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I, feel, I feel like if there's, a ch if there's a place for Shanghai to really yeah. shine with this wall meta, this is the time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I would have to realistically, given recent performance and given how much of a mental game this could be, yeah. I have to give a slight edge to the fusion, but it's not big. It's a small edge that I'm giving to the fusion. I right still now. give them a pretty significant edge, I think. Um, Shanghai, I mean, they're going to have to figure out something that works. They're going to have one shot at it, yeah. realistically. They have to make this first shot work. And if they do go for EMP, as, as what they're going to do, they need to figure out a way to farm it well. Because Sigma Shield can move. Right. If you get too close, May's going to freeze you. You need to figure out a good way to still be at range, get a shot in without Sigma blocking you, and be able to farm EMPs at a fast enough rate that the whole map isn't just gone by the time you get it. If Shanghai can figure out how to do that, they could pull this off. They're gonna have to do it by pinchering and doing a, lots of pressure from the rest yeah. of their team at the front of those shields while the while the. It ain't gonna be up. easy, folks. It's and not. I imagine Shanghai Dragons are um, scrimming the most against the Chengdu Hunters because that's the only team they know that they will not play. And I do not imagine that that's the best for practicing what they want to practice. No. I do not imagine that either. I guess so. they could be screaming Guangzhou too, because they can't face Guangzhou until playoffs, like actual double elimination. Yeah. They won't face them in the play-ins. Sure. Which so. is maybe better, but. So I, I, I'll give the edge to Philly, but I'm not going to give it as big as you are. Um, so we'll put we'll I put Philly I think we'll go ahead and uh, progress okay. with the Rip Philadelphia Philly. Fusion. They have they have fallen off just like the majority of their motivation this season. Oof. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, I guess we'll look at this one first. So oh, I was gonna, I was put gonna them pull both. them both up. I, we got them both, baby. This one's a little so, crooked. this is where we wind up with. So we've got the Soul Dynasty and London Spitfire. London Spitfire plays the lower remaining seed, and Soul Dynasty will play the higher remaining seed. Which means Soul Dynasty is gonna play Guangzhou. Uh huh. We have the wrong ones here. Take Guangzhou. And, and London Spitfire is going to play the Fusion. So Let's start here, because okay. I feel like this is the easier one. Yes. Seoul does not look fantastic. Guangzhou looks super hot. I, I can't imagine Guangzhou not winning this game. Yeah, it feels like Guangzhou is this year's like Spitfire and Fusion. This looks like the team that's suddenly clicking. Finally, everything's come together. They've got two insane damage dealers. And they're just looking like they're ready to run the bracket. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm hot on Guangzhou. I've been hot on Guangzhou, even when they were not hot. Oh, Guangzhou. <laughs> so I love this team. So, uh, so uh, Guangzhou wins. Yeah, I That's feel... That's the official Cal fans' prediction here. Pro probably, more than likely, um, outside, like, who would even hard carry on Seoul? Marvel? I feel like Marvel's their best player, and he's stuck on Arissa. So, yeah, maybe maybe if Fleta finally decides he wants to, like... Play Overwatch again. Yeah, wants to go back to Stage 1, Season 1, Fleta. Otherwise, yeah, pretty pretty seems pretty uh, succinctly in the hands of Guangzhou. Maybe the only hope they have is that Guangzhou doesn't do as good as this meta if there is no carry potential, and with pure teamwork, Soul Dynasty can pull out a win. 
Maybe there is. That's true. There's no carry potential. I think that's their best chance, but but it's not a great chance. Realistically, still. especially with like Hotba's ability to pick up Sigma, I don't know how well Michelle's going to be able to pick up other heroes because he was slow to adapt to the Roadhog. Great Roadhog now. Week one struggled. Right. So even struggled to adapt week. his Diva to the new meta. I felt like I was not impressed by his Diva, where I thought he's been one of the better Divas all season and the end of stage four. Start of stage four. <laughs> now he gets one week not to just pick up a hero, but to pick up a hero that's brand new. Yep. So, edge to Guangzhou. For sure. And then, we have the really exciting match. Oh, it fell apart. <laughs> Everything falls apart here. The London Spitfire versus the Philadelphia Fusion. I love how Fugin. perfectly that wound up angling just a little bit. It feels good. <laughs> Our nice. grand finals rematch. The tape has worn off since yesterday. But, yeah, grand finals rematch to get into playoffs. That's crazy. Only one of these teams, more than likely, unless the bracket goes differently, gets to go into the double elimination bracket. The other team goes home. That's it. That's insane. It is insane. And so I feel watching this, watching what we've been seeing, right. I want to give the edge to the Spitfire. Mm -hmm. But knowing the fusion, knowing how well the fusion thrive in situations like this, mm -hmm. in the, at least in the past, historically. Sure. Maybe not recently, but historically. They turn it on for stuff like this. Mm -hmm. They play against the Spitfire. Man, they took us out. Of, mm, and then they bring it up. Yeah. And the real issue is, how is that going to work without a real carry? Yes. Because usually when they turn that on, Carpe turns on. Mm -hmm. And when Carpe turns on, he's pretty much unstoppable. I think that will continue to be the case because of how good of a player he is. But he really hasn't been turning it on. And without an actual carry, is he going to be as unstoppable as he has been in the past? I don't know. But I still want to give the edge to Philly just because of the situation they're in. It's not big. But yeah. It's, it's there. I think I could see that. Because also, if you... London, as a counterpoint, is the same exact sort of team. This is a team that can be lukewarm in the regular season. And when it comes to playoff matches, London turns it up. Yeah. So this is the same sort of team that should come on fire, and they'll be like, this is Philadelphia Fusion, guys. You know they're going to be coming for us after grand finals. We want to prove that we're still the better team in 2019. We want to get into this double elimination and prove ourselves. Um, I do think there is a bit of a chance. First of all, I'm going to, if I look at the tank rolls, I'm, I have no idea what to think about Sigma. Sure. But just looking at Orissa's, I still believe Jester is the best Orissa in the league. Okay. So, bit of an advantage there. However, you were mentioning Carpe not being a carry. Right. I worry about London's chances with, a, if, especially if it's Symmetra May, because Profit's your May player. So, you need Bird Ring to be turning it up. A, Bird Ring's hit or miss. And B, he's going to be on Simp. Sim plays a lot more similarly, similarly to Zarya. And, and we know how Bird Ring looked on not Zarya. Not good. Yeah, they did not start looking good until they switched Profit onto the role. That's what started to make London look great. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've looked good in Stage 4, but not as good as they possibly could have. It's because Bird Ring's been forced to be the carry, not Profit. London always looks best when Profit's the carry. Maybe right. May will 
kind of etch out Sim to be the carry, but I doubt it. If you've if you played Sim in rank recently, Sim does so much damage. Right. It's ridiculous. You get that beam up to full charge, you can hit a like a full health Winston, and he's dead in like three seconds. It's disgusting. <laughs> so it's actually absurd. Yeah. So those are good points, though. Um, without their carry being on a strong place, yeah. that they're strong. That just that just makes me feel better about my choice for Philly. But Philadelphia Fusion has also looked like their teamwork has suffered compared to London Spitfire, especially if this goes away from carry, and now this is just more team play positioning. This might play exactly like GOATS, because everyone's close range, left clicks. We might even see Brigitte in the meta after her changes. Mm. We could really, like, we've been calling what we're doing now DPS GOATS. This is going to be DPS GOATS. GOATS. <laughs> This is the turtle, man. <laughs> this is the turtle. Like, we've left it. Yeah, we've left goats. I mean, we've got classic wild back, least... so can we, call, can we bring back turtling? Maybe, because this, I don't, especially if Lucio isn't played, maybe oh it gosh. becomes super slow and you've got May freezing people. Yeah, maybe it's not is, fast enough to turtling. be a goat anymore. We'll be, we'll be a turtle now. Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to give the edge to Philly. You're going to give it to London. Yes. This is going to be the only point that we're going to disagree on. Yes. We both think Guangzhou is going to win, but I have I, – I can't imagine a double – like an actual playoffs without London being a threat. Philadelphia Fusion, I could totally Just see it. Just leave it. Just leave it leaning against the plate. <laughs> Hashtag playoff plate. Billy didn't like that. <laughs> so that is the official Cowl Fans bracket prediction. I'm going to put that down like that. See that? That was clean. Mm. I didn't get to put a drumstick to your head today and force you to make predictions. Huh? I didn't get to put a drumstick to your head today and force that's, you to make predictions. That's because I made them willingly this you, time. You uh -oh. already made them yesterday. So that's how it's going to go. For sure, because we could see the future. So, look forward to this. We're looking forward to this. This is going to be great. Howler's going to be watching it the whole way through. It's my anniversary weekend. I will come back on Monday and pretend to know what happened. It's going to be lots of fun. He will come back no, on, on Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever we decide to record next week. Right, because Monday's Labor Day, so we're not going to be bringing out an episode on Monday next week. Yeah, I'm sleeping in, fam. I don't have to work. <laughs> so, we are looking forward to that. So, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode that has only been 50% scuffed now that we have redone it. Yay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we want to give a big shout out to Popped Off who help us in many, many ways. They take care of us with, help us with graphics, they help us get our show up and online and in different uh, places. So, wonderful people. Um, be sure to check us out. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. And also, please come check out our social media. We are not the best social media people, but we have fun, and we would like to have fun with you. I tweet a lot. That's my heartfelt endearment. Yeah, and, you know, follow us individually. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Aller tweets more than me by a lot. Yes. Yes. So, thanks once again. I'm Allure Moore. I'm Aller. And you've been tuned in to Cowl Fans.